Hey there, sweet peas. Welcome back to Friendless, the only show that tries to teach you how to be a better friend by losing every friend you have. I'm your host, James Avramenko, and this week I interview special guest, Canadian-turned-Scottish expat, Aislinn Windsor. Aislinn is a dear old friend from my UVic days, and we talk all things giving up on the arts, bartending during COVID, how to get your travel visa, and so much more. No big updates this week, so we're just going to dive right into the episode, so why don't you lean back? Why don't you set that volume at a reasonable level? Why don't you get yourself real comfy and enjoy my interview with the one and only Aislinn Windsor here on Friendless. To, to sort of set the stage for, for uh, listeners, uh, I want to open with a real, real basic question of who the hell is Aislinn Windsor? Um, well, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. um, I went to theater school with you, as, as you know. Um, I grew up in Calgary, um, but I did not know you back then. Or... No. No. Um, and uh, I sort of just bopped around for a while doing acting, doing uh, theater, um, plays, a couple movies, things like that. And then somehow my life just sort of uh, picked up and moved me to London very quickly on like no kind of notice which was sort of insane um and that was like seven years ago about a month ago Wow. and yeah which is really weird um and I, I kind of like my acting and stuff had sort of like dried up and I wasn't doing anything very creative in Calgary anymore and it was definitely time for me to leave the city and then I was sort of handed this opportunity to go to London, uh, not London, just outside of London, but live in England for a while. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just took it. I just, I, I just packed up my life and I was gone 10 days later, which was wow. crazy. 10 days to get I, to the UK. That's amazing. Yeah. I literally, I just put, I put stuff that I wanted into two very large suitcases and I paid Air Canada an obscene amount of money to wow. put those suitcases on a plane. Yeah. And I just left. Wow. Um, yeah, and then from there, I, uh, I spent a couple months in England um, dealing with some family stuff, and then um, I was just sort of handed a like a, a blank check to just start over, and yeah. which was crazy. So I went to Paris for a while, and then I discovered that Paris uh, was full of French people, so I had to leave immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not speak French? I do speak French, <laughs> but um, <laughs> even worse. Okay, yeah, yeah, even worse. <laughs> um, so I can understand when they're like openly mocking me. Um, right. Yeah, so I I can hear it all, and uh, then when I try to speak back in my horrible Canadian accent, they just uh, hate me even more. Even right, exactly. The like accent <laughs> comes through, and they're just like, "Oh, now we really hate you." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like bonjour, come on, come on. Um, and yeah, then I came to Edinburgh on in Christmas one year, like Christmas Day. I just showed up here, and um, I fell in love with the city and the people. And my father is from here, so uh, gotcha. I have fifty fifty. I've got a British passport. Which is yeah, yeah. So that's how because... that's what brought you in. That that's kind of what got you into the going overseas. Is yeah. that it, sir? 
I've always had dual citizenship, so I, I, when I, the day I showed up here, I could, I could stay forever. Which thankfully, since I have been over here, Brexit would have uh, checked me out by now if I didn't. Right. Okay. Yeah. And and sorry, what what brought you to? Was it just like was it just a a visit that you were like, oh, now I'm not leaving, or was it like was there work that brought you to Scotland, or what was it? No, honestly, it's it's so funny because like I had always. You know, when you've been having a bad day in Calgary, I would constantly say things like, you know what, one day I'm just going to move to Scotland and that's going to be it. And it was this sort of like romantic, I don't know, idiot sort of like daydream that I had. Yeah. And you are. Yeah, I just, I just did it. I I took a bus from London overnight, um, which was a terrible, terrible experience. Yeah. Never do that. Oh my God. I, I, I did a Greyhound in BC and I want uh, a couple times and I wanted to die. I can't imagine what a, a UK version <laughs> of that is. <laughs> and, I, and I chose one that was leaving at like 11 o'clock at night from London and just, just sort of drove through the night because I thought like, oh, you know, I, I'll sleep on the bus. The the red eye the red eye greyhound always sounds like such a good idea when you're booking it. You're always like, yeah, yeah. that's like that's exactly how you should do it because yeah, you like you say you'll sleep and then you're like, oh no, I'm now on a bus at night, <laughs> filled with other people who yeah. are like doing things and like yeah. watching movies with their headphones and oh. Oh. bus people are are much much worse than mm-hmm. train or plane people. I feel like it's, it's, there's some sort of like. I think it's because it's so cheap. You feel like you don't that's have to exactly, pay. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You definitely get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're if you're looking for misery, that's this. You're you've got it. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so I came here, and I thought, you know, there's a lot of theater in the city, um, a lot uh, of like, art and stuff here. Um, and then I just kind of, I mean, I had to get a job because it's crazy how expensive things are here. Sure, yeah. Um, so I just started working in a restaurant, which is what I've always done on the side to sort of uh, supplement my creative out, you know, task. And um, yeah, I just eventually um, have moved up and I now run one of the like friendiest cocktail bars in Edinburgh. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really... Sidestep. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I really... I really love it here and I love yeah. I love Scotland and I love Edinburgh and I love the rain and mm. as much as I hate a lot of the politics and stuff over here it's not any better anywhere else in the world at this point realistically I, I mean I think about that all the time where I'm like oh we could just go here or there but it's like I mean where isn't fucked at the moment you know like just, know. It, it, it's it's sort of scary in a way because it's a little bit like yeah there's actually nowhere to go right now but at the same time too it's like well then you just sort of for me that just sort of encourages me to be like okay i'll just make the most of where i am then <laughs> right yeah i mean i think speaking as a canadian person and a scottish person we don't have the worst of the lot well that's exactly right yeah that's exactly <laughs> right yeah and that's maybe um, a way of it too, isn't it? Where it's like, if you can't find happiness in a place like Canada or Scotland, like that's on you, buddy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe you should go talk to someone about that. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, because there's definitely, yeah, there's not really that many places that are like a step up from from here, you know? <laughs> no. Like, and, and yeah, I mean, it's 
the, the world is a trash fire at the minute. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, are you still doing? Like, are you still working in the arts? Is that, or is it has has your no. has your? Yeah, okay. So you're you're out of it, huh? I'm out. Um, I still routinely hold large rooms of people like hostage while I like take over a karaoke night. Um, Obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only other um, good, you know, the only other good kind of art other than karaoke is pro wrestling. So it's like, yeah, that's. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I would describe me going to a karaoke night as well, is that I'm just like, everyone's like, I don't want to sing. And I'm like, that's cool. I will sing your songs. I'll sing all of your yeah. songs. You, all of you just sit there and look at me. Mm-hmm. Just give me <laughs> another slot. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I went, we went for my birthday and I sang at, at least three times because I was just that's like, oh, oh, don't make me sing. Oh, don't make me sing. You know? <laughs> I, I couldn't possibly, as you're like already on stage, like adjusting the mic. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, another one. Oh, don't mind if I do, you know, but um, yeah, fuck it. But, but so, but do you find uh, this is sort of leading me in a different, in a funny direction than where I was planning to start, but I, I'd like to ask it since we're here. Um, how does that feel for you? Um, having sort of art and artistry and being an artist be such a massive element of your personal identity, not only probably to yourself, but also to how you sort of present yourself in the world. And with that sort of taking a, a back seat to this new element of your life, how, how does that how does that feel? And how do you sort of reconcile that with yourself? Yeah, it's um it's something that I've like I, I think I'm still kind of trying to figure out if I can sort of balance that in because mm-hmm. I think I know, like I, I said, I have been here for seven years, but mm-hmm. seven years ago, I basically got off a bus and I didn't know a single person in this city. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know where to live. I didn't, I didn't have any friends. I had had no frame of friends. I, had, I didn't have friends that lived in the next city over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was 100% completely alone. Yeah. So it took me, I, I don't know, like, I don't want to say it took me, you know, four or five years to put a life together, but I feel like right. it kind of did. Yep. And then, I mean, four or five years in, then it was COVID. That's exactly right. And that's the other <laughs> thing is you've got to make some concessions for that funny little couple yes. couple years, right? Yeah, so, I mean, that, obviously, I spent almost two years on furlough, just kind of, and sitting in my flat, like, playing the ukulele and being very alone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now, by then, too, you would have been, so that's going into your sort of, like, four, five-year, kind of in that range. Five-ish months, yeah, five months, yeah. And so you you've already if I've got the timeline right you've already you've done London you've done Paris you're so you're spending it in in Edinburgh is where is where this is happening. God, and thankfully I had I I had sorry. No, no, no. Please go on. Um, I had just moved out of this like horrible flat share that I was living in, and I just got an apartment to like on my own. Right. That I was so excited. I I was so excited. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have a cool party. Um. Uh, everybody's gonna come over for dinner. It's gonna be so yeah. amazing. And then, like, <laughs> it, it was, 
Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I think I, at one point I went so fully insane. Um, I was thinking about opening like a two-seater restaurant outside of my house because I had this like like balcony. Yeah. And I was like, I, the most I could exclusive just... place possible. But it's just because I was so bored and yeah. I didn't know what to do anymore. And I I was reading like a book a day and like yeah. going I'm... going for ten kilometer walks just because I felt for something to do <laughs> yeah well i can't even you know i mean uh, how were the um like lockdown measures and stuff like that uh, was it pretty intense or so scotland was a lot stricter than mm. anywhere in england um gotcha. so basically because i still worked in a bar not the bar that i'm at now mm-hmm. but um i so they at some point, like we closed all the bars for a long, long time. They've been closed for like mm-hmm. six, eight months or something. And then as things started to reopen, there was like certain rules that were very, very silly about like, oh, you can have alcohol now if you have a meal. Right. And then there was this whole thing. And then about like what constitutes a meal. So people were like, I'll have a pint and I'll pack a crisp. And you'd be like, right, yeah, you sure. a meal. And they'd be like, that's all I want for my meal. And it was a whole thing. Yeah. I have an and eating disorder, business, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As, as all of our businesses just descended into chaos. And then um, they tried to say that, that a 10 p.m. curfew was going to fix things. Wow. Okay. Which just made things a lot worse because everybody was in the pub until 10. And then everybody left the pub at all exactly at the same time to go to each other's houses to have more drinks because nobody's going to bed at 10 p.m. Holy fuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I've had COVID three times. <laughs> wow, holy shit! How are you doing with that? I caught it. I caught it the once, and like the 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 actual window of having it was like kind of a bummer, but not really that bad. But it was the post stuff that like I'm dreading right. catching it again. Yeah. Um. Well, the first time I got it was I think pretty early on. I think I'd only had one vaccination, gotcha. and I I was not convinced that I was not going to die. <laughs> yeah hey yeah Damn. i was so sick my parents were calling me on facetime like every two hours <laughs> yeah just to be like still there still got a daughter you it, know? <laughs> it, it, it was not helpful to me i was like i'm still here leave me alone <laughs> right, right. <laughs> how can we cultivate human creativity to live the good life today Join me as we dig into the minds of some of today's leading thinkers, entrepreneurs, and innovators, and uncover the insights and stories that can help us optimize our lives today. I'm your host, Fred Pinto, and you can check out my latest episode with best-selling author, podcast host, and overall amazing human being, the great Danielle Bellelli, on the Fred Pinto Podcast. See you on the inside. Uh, yeah, that old, that, you know, a disease that attacks your energy levels. Yes, yes. All I want to do is talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the second time I got it was after New Year's Eve mm. last year. So everybody on, everybody on the staff got it. Most of the people that were at our New Year's Eve event got it. So we accidentally hosted a super spreader event. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> we didn't mean to. <laughs> no, no, it's you know, yeah. Um, and then I think the third time it was um, I caught it like really, really, really late on, 
Like I, I just thought that I was just tired for a couple of days. Sure. Then I took a test and I was like, ooh. Let's Damn. <laughs> and then it took so, a couple of days off and I was fine. You know, it, uh, like, it's so fascinating to me that um... – how do I put it? It's like it's like the way we're being expected to treat like it's this innocuous thing, right? You know, and the way that we're we're we were so desperate to get our economy back on track that we have forced. You know, you talk about like you being in the service industry and just the amount of like frontline. You know, you know, like like doctors aren't the only frontlines when we talk about the frontline of society, right? And 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 the fact that we're expected to just sort of like accept that right and you're just like expected to just accept that like yeah you're gonna keep catching it over and over again and like and it's sort of like until what you know like until it finally fucking kills me or like what what well, is the, the, what's the end game the, here that's the thing it's just like um i at some point i mean when we we're all still wearing masks and it was becoming more and more difficult to get people to wear their masks mm -hmm. um in the bar because uh People in England didn't have to wear them anymore, but in Scotland right. you did. So it was, it was, it was just becoming like a bang your head against the wall situation. As more and more yeah. people would come through the door every single day without a mask on, and have to sort of run up to the door and be like, "Hey guys, put a mask on, please." Mm. Oh, in England we don't have to wear them, and I'd be like, "I'm aware of that. You're not in England anymore." Um, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just. I think some of us just looked at each other at one point and we were like, oh, I mean, we're all just going to get it again. Yeah. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking dark. I don't know. I don't even know. And I don't even know where to stand with it anymore. Right. Because it's like, you know, you, I, I've been off Twitter for a couple of weeks now. I deleted it off of everything and, you know, and, and yeah. uh, which, which I got to say has been really surprising to me because I have like, I thought I would miss it more than I actually do. But I feel like I like I actually have this like I have this like joie de vivre that has returned to me that I didn't know I was missing, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I wasn't just being bombarded constantly daily with every problem in the world. But um, and Elon Musk. oh, and Elon fucking Musk, you fucking little pervert. But um, but like <laughs> it's it's um, it's really sad to see all the people talking about these like long term effects and 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 the you know the. The effects on on immunocompromised people and and the dangers that still are are faced through this and and yet the rest of society is sort of expected to just act like it's this completely benign innocuous element of our day and i just don't know where to stand with it anymore you know like i don't even know i we're not getting yeah. messaging from doctors and stuff so i don't even know what the actual reality is and and it's just it's this bizarre it's like the that anti-vaxxers won, even though they're all acting like they're still... Oh, please don't say that. <laughs> well, like, but, but do you know what I mean by that, though? In that it's like, it's like they won, and yet they still are playing the victims, right? Like, apparently they're planning another freedom convoy or something. Like, it's just like... No. It's, yeah, like, it's, it's this bizarre... I don't even know... I don't think I even understand where we are anymore with any of it. It's just become this weird mush, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um... That the freedom convoy stuff was crazy. I couldn't yeah. believe that. Depressed. I was I was over Just here watching depressed. that, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> what's happening?" Well, and it's like for what? All the mandates had been dropped. Like I don't even know what you're complaining about. Like this doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> and then as soon as anything you do is getting picked up and like funded by like Nazi movements, I think maybe yeah. you should like sit down and have a little think. 
Yeah, so you fucked up. You fucked doing. up, Pierre Poliver. You know, you fucking dork. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But listen, oh, sorry, I want to spend... your original uh, yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's something that I, I miss. And it definitely is like, I don't know, it's, it was such a huge identifying factor of yes. like, me for so long. But possibly not, I mean, I haven't done anything. I haven't, I've been to like a couple of auditions here and there because I know the casting sure. director for Outlander. So every once in a while they need like hey. a redheaded person and they're, that's not Scottish. And so they call me up. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you find though, is there, so something for me that I've really been like chewing on back and forth around this question though, is this idea of like, am I, am I only an artist if I'm being paid for it? Or am I an artist because I make art, you know, like, like, and, and, and like, is our internal essentially like shame cycle around our success as an artist actually being really polluted by the sort of like interweaving of capitalist success onto being an artist, you know, like, like, are you an artist only when you get paid? Or is it just because you made a piece of art? I mean, that's really, that's really interesting. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't mean I don't have an answer for that, but like. Mm. I, I, I just feel like I know so many people who, because they didn't get cast in a big movie, they think they're not an actor or because they haven't been published, they think they're not a writer. And it's like, well, who's. Like, who's saying you're not other than yourself? So, like, doesn't that mean you get to decide if you are or aren't? Like, I I, I don't know. I, and, yeah, like I say, I don't know if I have the answers to it. I just, like, I'm curious where you stand on that. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I guess I, it's just, I don't think I would still call myself an actor because I'm mm. no longer acting. Sure, yeah. But I did, I read a play yesterday, <laughs> and I was just, like, you know, when you read a play and you really love it and you just, like, mm. put yourself in it immediately. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, this would be so good. I'd be so good at this play. <laughs> right? Yeah. Have you, have you read The Mercy Seat by Neil LaDuke? I haven't, but I do. I have really liked Neil LaDuke in the past, though. I've read, a, I've read, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, uh, the play that springs to mind of his, but it, nothing's coming. I feel like I have something his. But uh, but but tell me about it. I I I, I oh, it's, what, um, what spoke it's, to you about it? I, I don't. I maybe it was just because I hadn't read a play in a long time. But it was. Sure. I also really liked Neil Rebute, so I was. Yeah. I think I did a production of Some Girls in Calgary. Yes, gotcha. Did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just about this couple and they're in their apartment. They're having an affair on the day of nine mm. eleven. So the guy is like, he oh, works in the twin. He works in the towers, and so he's like contemplating whether or not to pick up his phone and like go back to his family and his wife or just like pretend that he's died in the towers. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to experience other people's lives? How about from a virtual world? Well, in this podcast, we'll connect with musicians, entrepreneurs, and people just like you to discuss their life experiences, all from our studio in the metaverse. Hi, everyone. I'm Brian Curie, also known as Killer B in Horizon Worlds, and I want to invite you to check out the Stories We Live podcast. 
which is recorded in front of a live audience in the metaverse. And if you own an Oculus headset, I want to invite you personally to join us at the Killer Bee Studios on Horizon Worlds as we connect and talk to real people about their life experiences. Wow. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. It's messed up. That sounds amazing, and it's just yeah. the two people in an apartment. That's it's a, it. It's a two-hander in the in the in the living room. And what's the name uh, of the play again? The Mercy Seat. Okay, awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that one. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah. uh, speaking on theater, I want to spin away. Just uh, I I want to double back onto some 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 uh, other elements of this. Um, just because I feel like we could talk about the esoterics of, of theater for hours and <laughs> yeah. probably like I you know I want to do that but I feel like I, I I owe it to our listeners to to try and be a little more uh have a little more variety <laughs> um but but you know where we met was through theater school and um and I'm wondering uh this is always sort of like a fun it's always fun for me to hear like what people remember because I I love this question of what for you is um a vivid memory of our friendship, um, which I can't help but feel like will be somehow centered around theater school. Yeah, well, it will be, yes. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I had so many, like, when I, when I saw the email and this question was on it, and obviously I've listened to the show before, so I knew it was coming. Right. Um, oh, I, have so many, I have so many memories of James' system, but I think the one that, like, sticks out to me the most is, I can't remember what show we were working on, but we were doing something, and, like, I plugged my iPod in, and you know that song, I Was Born a Unicorn? By the Unicorns, one of my favorite songs <laughs> in the whole world, yeah. <laughs> and um, I was playing that, and you, like, without even talking about it, you're like, oh, my God, I love this song. And I was like, you know this song? And then you started doing, like, a dance. <laughs> I had a whole routine. <laughs> yes, you did. And, just, and I remember just standing there, and we were in that black box theater at Uvic. Like yep, the little yep. one. We were working on like a stock co show or something. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just, like, I was trying to play this like cool indie song that I thought that like no one else was going to know. And you <laughs> legitimately launched into like a full dance routine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love and I can it. Still, I... I can still see it in my brain. And you had like, yeah. like, a, like a horn part. Yeah, you had to, you always had to, yeah, exactly. It was, oh my God. I mean, that song just spoke to me in dreaming hours, you know, and the like, the little like, so, the like story breakdown at the end. Oh God, I love that fucking song. Um, oh my God, that's so funny. I, I I wish I could remember that exact time, but I do, I do feel like you bringing up the unicorns reminds me that that's one of the things that we like definitely bonded over was just oh, like, like especially that like uh, do you remember that sort of like that one-upmanship that you would play of like oh yeah you know this song well do you know this song right you know and you try and sort yeah. of like you try uh you know it's like what 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 is it it's like it's like you don't want them to know it <laughs> you know like it's i don't know yeah you like out, right? out hipster each other yes right exactly yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah oh, i think that was i think that was a big part of um what, how we got along though is how we communicated was always mm -hmm. a lot through music. <laughs> I, I think we hung out with some like deeply cool people a lot of the time, and 
you and I were like the like sort of fringe weirdos just being like yes. hey guys can you listen to the garden state soundtrack <laughs> well you know and for me it was always that thing of that I mean I, you're I think like you're I feel like you're vocalizing something that I've I've always felt but never really actually been able to put my finger on which is that like I always really resonated with like like scenester culture but I hated the like arrogance of it like the sort of ego that was involved i was always like no no no. we can be like cool and like cool stuff but also like let people in you know like we don't we don't have <laughs> to gatekeep you know like you know and and it, that was always the part that sort of like turned me off of it was being like because yeah it was really fun to be like oh you don't know this song but i would never be like fucking loser you know i would be like no. oh well now you've heard a song you have never heard before and isn't it cool and isn't it fun right like but there would be people who would be like oh you like them now oh well that band sucks you know and it's just like bro yeah i mean uh, there's this entire culture in the uk about how you are you are physically not allowed to like cold play right it's not, it's not allowed. Right, okay. Guess what? I I will say it out loud. I like Coldplay. I, love <laughs> I will listen, I, love I will it. listen to a Coldplay song sometimes. I can just everyone in everyone in Scotland right now has just turned the episode off. There you just I, I lost feel, me I feel, so I, just, I feel shame. I just I think I'm blushing. <laughs> I'm scared the police are gonna break down my door. <laughs> what were you saying? What are you saying about cool to play? <laughs> I, it's such an interesting, you know, that's such a funny band choice too, because it's like one of those bands that like are oh, so harmless. big and yet, well, this is just it, right? Like they're so big and yet I don't think I've thought about them in years. Like why would I even have thought of cool play? You know? Why would you have? <laughs> and yet there's this like underlying resentment from so many people. What? What is that? There's this like, there's this like strata of artists that hit where it's like they're now so successful that you're not allowed to like them anymore. Like they, they, yeah. they become too popular. I wonder what it is. Like, is, do you think that there's like a, um, <laughs> do you think that there's like a, a, um, a metric for like how many albums sold or how many albums they've made or like what celebrity the lead singer married or something? Like, is that before is that the, the general public turns on you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's not like they like changed. They just like played bigger arenas. They're just the same like sad little British boys who sing about, I don't know, right? Like, they, yeah, sing about colors. I don't know. I was trying to think of like, they sing about scientists or something, don't they? Don't they sing like, <laughs> it's like yeah, I, I, think sad. I, think I just know they're sad <laughs> in the rain. Um, I think the only. I mean, there's a billion like nights out dancing and stuff that I also like think about when I think about you. But I also, yes, in my second year, I don't know if you remember this when you first started. Um, I was living in one of those like cluster houses with three random girls, and I was the most miserable I have ever been. <laughs> they all were like doing PhDs or something, and they all knew each other, and. Right. I was, you know, in second year theater school. So they, was this those like, like not res but beside res houses? Yeah, so it was like the it was like the houses. So they had four bedrooms and then like two bathrooms and like a kitchen. So it wasn't it wasn't okay. res. It was, um, and I so I just I spent every waking minute at that theater. And I think you lived like really far outside of town or something, so you yeah. were always there as well. 
exactly. And I just remember the two of us just like constantly like yeah. inside the theater, but like being way too cool to like we'd always be like, sitting on the floor, or, like you'd be like sitting <laughs> upside down in a chair. Why were we doing that? <laughs> I don't know. I was so <laughs> desperate to like. It was that weird thing of like. You know, I was 17, 18, whatever, and just, like, so desperate to not be myself, you know, like, because, like, I had no idea who I was. I was so, like, yeah. you know, I just I just moved away for the first time, and I was just so, like, desperate to be – it's that thing of, like, I want to be seen, but I also want to be invisible, and it's that push-pull of, like, I have no idea who I am. Maybe if I just – act out i'll figure it out you know and and i'll see i'll gauge people's reactions on on these things and hopefully at some point i'll settle on a personality <laughs> um and you know that one bench that was outside of the phoenix oh yeah just, oh yeah, yeah. Endless, endless hours of our lives just you and me sitting on that yeah. bench yeah talking. Yeah. <laughs> just chain smoking and talking shit and i yeah oh, god you know i remember in in my second year i think now now if i'm remembering right you you left after your second year right i came back for the beginning of my third year That's um, what it was. i had i had been because i obviously was i was meant in my mind i was meant to be there for acting right of course <laughs> um and i got waitlisted going into my third year to get into the acting program and then gotcha. they gave my spot away to someone who had dropped out the so i i like got in but then someone who had dropped out the year before got my spot fuckers yeah so um i came back and then it turned out that i couldn't get over um the resentment that i had in my heart <laughs> yeah super <laughs> so fair <I> was... <laughs> god what a crock of shit that whole program and the whole like the the pressure that was put on getting into the acting program and it's like it's it was so fascinating to me in retrospect to think about like how they really kind of cut the legs out of all the rest of the program by putting that amount of importance on the acting program when it's like you know you'd think that you would want students to come there to learn all about the craft of theater and all the different facets and not like want to drop out because they didn't get into one element of it which really if you're serious if you're considering theater like in a lot of ways acting is kind of the least important part <laughs> but... yeah like because i was doing my speciality in directing and then mm. um i i foolishly had signed up for this english lit class in one of my electives mm. that was like you studied one book for the whole year wow and, and i was like oh that's gonna be a walk in the park and then i got <laughs> to the, the day of the first class yeah you know i think i went to go buy the book and the book unfortunately was ulysses by james joy I, I was literally about to say i was gonna make a joke and i was gonna be like and that book was ulysses <laughs> and it, james, it was ulysses <laughs> no so, wonder it was a class on one book that uh, that, that is an, un, I, an impossible book anyone, I anyone who's told you they finished that book is a fucking liar oh, that book made me drop out of university So I went to the bookstore to buy Ulysses, and because I'd been in theater school for two straight years, and like had been a theater nerd forever before that, I thought this is maybe Top's going to be a three actor. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Well, I've got a whole year to read it, so this will be fine. I showed up for the first day of class, and the professor was this like old Irish guy. And he was like, so by now everyone should have read the book at least twice. And everybody oh, in the classroom went, what? <laughs> oh he, he hadn't set that as like coursework over the summer or whatever how would you have even known that how would you even exactly because he had messed up and not told it like i wasn't the only one in the class that had not right. read it like no one had read it so it was fine but so, yeah he was like um yeah so by the next class i expected everyone to have made it i don't know he said something that sounded very reasonable once again like 50 pages in i couldn't no it's so I've read dead. 50 pages of Ulysses, and that's the only 50 pages of that book that I will ever read. And I was yeah, already I, so miserable that, about not being in the acting program right. that this book just like tipped me over the edge. I was like, just broke, this is not, I'm, not, I'm not spending a year doing this. Just staring at this fucking book. I remember there was, <laughs> do you remember there was a, there was a, there was a James Joyce pub in Victoria and they, they had a, like the bar was, uh, excerpts of Ulysses and I remember <laughs> one one night spending hours literal hours just <laughs> trying to decipher one block of text at the bar and obviously like I mean I was blind drunk and so yeah, like yeah. that wasn't helping but it took like it literally took us three hours to decipher like four sentences and I couldn't ima- I could not imagine reading that whole fucking book like just no. monstrous monstrous I, I always finish books that I start reading. It's like a compulsion that I have. Mm. Like, and if they're in a series, normally I will, I will try to read the entire series. So Ulysses is one of three books that I have ever started reading and not finished. What are the other two? Um, actually, I've, I've crossed one off this, over one of the lockdowns. I had started reading The Blind Assassin by Margaret Atwood. And then... Right. Someone left my copy in an airport or something, which is why I had never finished it. Gotcha. Um, so I picked that one up and I finished it. So now I think there's only two. Um, Anathem by Neil Stevenson. Looking for fresh ideas to stop social engineering attacks on your employees? Every episode of Friendly Fire is chock full of advice, opinion, and best practices from today's security leaders. Join us wherever podcasts are sold. Oh, he wrote, is he the guy who did Neuromancer? Is that Neil Stevenson? Am I totally I way off on that? Or is it Snow Crash? Snow Crash. It's Snow Crash. Snow Crash is the one. Yeah, I tried reading that and that was insufferable. <laughs> it was insufferable. And I read the yeah. whole thing because I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's that kind of book. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so funny. I'm now, like, flashing back to, like, just grinding through that fucking book. But it's, like, because <laughs> everyone was, like, yeah, but it invented the term cyberspace. And it's so important for, like, if you like The Matrix, you'll love this. And I'm reading it just being, like, this is the biggest crock of shit. <laughs> like, I got mad at the person who recommended it. <laughs> I also got mad at the person that recommended it to me. And that person was my father. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you're are you you're a big reader? It, it strikes me as you as you. Yeah, um, I think like three, three maybe, yeah, three-ish years ago. It was the year before lockdown. I decided I was going to try to read a book a week, so I was going to do fifty-two books a year. Yeah. Um, and I did it. I did it the first year before lockdown. Obviously, I'm 
smashed it the first the yeah. two years of lockdown. Um, yeah. <laughs> pretty easy for some reason. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then this year, I am not going to make it. <laughs> no, hey, you're behind. Um, I'm way behind. Um, so I this year when I came when we came out of the lockdowns, I switched jobs, and so I, I switched to the company that I'm with now. Right. Um, and I've taken over like a cocktail bar. And um, when I first took it over, it's <laughs> all nighttime. So oh, and it was like yeah. late nights as well. So coming home at, you know, one, two in the morning uh, and then trying to read for like two hours is not, it's not it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny because it's like, I always feel like I want to do that, you know, because it's like, it's a nice wind down and it's good. Like, it's a nice, like, I'm doing something good for my brain, but I just never fucking do it. I just, you I know just, what I want to do? I want to watch four episodes of New Girl and go to sleep. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. No, that's perfect. And that's, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that, that is so valid. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than fucking Ulysses, you know? Yeah. I want to, I want to watch, I want to watch three episodes of a television show that I've seen before. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just I, that I, good I, old I, comfort. Yeah. I want to shift gears just a little bit because I've got a, there's sort of a cluster of questions that I have um, sort of surrounding like the idea of, you know, you're someone who has a really unique perspective on this kind of thing because of, you know, where you live and, 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 you know, having grown up in Calgary versus now living in Edinburgh. Um, do you find that you are staying in touch much with people from back home or, you know, whether, whether it's Calgary, whether it's BC, wherever it may be. And, and, and if you are or aren't either way, um, what kind of a role has like the, these social media platforms played for you and, and for, for good or ill? <laughs> um, I think, when I first, when I first moved to the UK, um, I, I've never really been that close with my family, but sure. um, being so far away, like I suppose, I think I probably spoke to them way more in those first two years than I ever did when I lived in the same city as them. Mm. And that was kind of like a shift. Yeah. Um, and then like obviously FaceTime and stuff, like I can still see my family every week you know my dog still jumps up at the sort of sound of my voice or whatever oh my god I love that. <laughs> um i think for the first two years or whatever i really like heavily relied on that and i also like, i spoke to people that i used to work with in the bars and like people came out here um just by keeping in touch with that but then i think once i sort of established a new life here i think i said it fell off a bit Right. And but then obviously COVID hit as well. Yeah. Um, and I also I really struggle with the like, you know, Instagram life versus, you know, your your real life. And yeah. I feel I think for me it's sort of like dropped off a lot as I think for a while I was sort of posting on all of those things all of the time being like, Oh look, everything's going great when maybe it necessarily wasn't. And and now things are going really well for me and I'm never posting anything because I'm actually doing it. 
You know, they often say that I, I've heard before that like the healthiest relationships are usually the least seen online. Right. Like there is this sort of need to like prove how well you're doing because you feel you actually feel like you're not living up to a standard. So you have to sort of like almost fake it till you make it kind of thing. But that ends up making this weird kind of secular or psych. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It sort of like ends up damaging itself and you get caught yeah. in this loop of like the, the ever need to, to feed the beast of, of social media. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I, was, I think I've been back to Calgary like once or twice on a visit and people would just be like, Oh my God, this, it looks so amazing. Like your life looks so amazing. And I necessarily yeah. wasn't having such a good time at that point. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's really great. Everything's super fine. (laughs) (laughs) With with the idea of like with the idea of all these these, I guess okay. So where am I driving to? You know, you're you're on this really exciting journey that I'm just like I'm in awe of. I think that the bravery (laughs) that it took to do what you did is is incomparable. Like it's really, it's one of I, I don't think people truly realize the terror involved with with moving cities let alone moving continents you know um i just think that the courage that 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 takes is just it's so incredible um and and absolutely i I, and i wonder um i want to i want to frame this question first from the negative but then i want to lead into the positive from it and i think what i want to open with is this idea of like with everything that you have faced what do you think is one of the biggest challenges that um either you have faced or maybe even continue to face through this this movement and through this change um and 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 how has that sort of affected your outlook on 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 your journey um no one can pronounce my name land of weird names i don't get it why is that not like you'd think it would be easier in um, you know? yeah you, my my father who is scottish um when i was growing up always told me that aislin was um a good scottish name and if i ever showed up here i wouldn't have such a hard time anymore yeah um, i showed up here and everyone's been like that's not a thing it's not a real name so what do they think it is what do they read it as so ashlyn is what they think it is with like a G on the end. Jesus. Yeah, like the real, uh, just demonstrating that it's the land of weird names where they're like, oh, that looks like Ashland to me. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's the joke. Um, but it is, a, it is a daily struggle for me. As people are like, Ainsley? Avalon? And I'm like, what? No. Um, I uh, I actually got um, a tattoo of this tragically hip lyrics that I really liked when I hmm. had got here because it's, it's this courage it couldn't come at a worse time. I love because um, I was so scared and like everything was really hard when I first got here. Yeah. But it was like I could have just I could have just like turned tail and like ran back to Canada, but I didn't, and sure. I'm so glad that I didn't because I love my life here and love, yeah. like, I, I love the family that I've built and I don't know it just 
it wasn't easy. And sometimes it's hard because, you know, I don't have like, you know, lifelong friends here. Like people that I'm friends with here met me four years ago. Mm -hmm. So there's some of that like permanence is, you know, sometimes feels like it's missing, but. Sure. I mean, shit, I, I, I live, you know, a province away from where I grew up and I, don't have lifelong friends in my in my circle either so it's not like <laughs> you know it's not like you you're 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 missing something because of the life choice you've made right like it, i think that's really beautiful and i th- almost feel like your friends are like the friends that you have in your circle now they in a lot of ways know you better because they're seeing who you are now you know? well that's the thing as well is that i think um i think i was handed a very rare opportunity to sort of like rebuild myself be the best version of myself because no one here knew any better yeah exactly you know? yeah. so i i was ha- like i i basically gave myself a sort of just complete do-over mm. like if there was you know something that like a pair of you know shoes that people constantly made fun of me about or whatever in calgary I don't wear those anymore or something stupid like yeah. that. Like I mean, that's a very sure. small, dumb example. And I would never throw away my shoes because someone made fun of me about them. But <laughs> <laughs> I just throw that person away is what I would yeah, do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got very cool shoes. <laughs> right, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's, there's good and bad about that as well, though. Yeah, yeah. Where you're kind of almost going through another sort of like, who am I? situation exactly because you could be anyone at all i mean that's 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 like isn't it that the question Uh, that's something i've been wrestling with a lot recently is this idea of who who am i and who am i going to become and who have i been and all those questions right and and uh yeah it's it's really exciting because in so many ways the possibilities are endless and yet it's also because of that, like you say, for that exact same reason, it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's great, but it's also not easy. Yeah, right. Exactly. The, the, the flip side of that question is, and this is something, you know, this really correlates with a lot of my thinking around, like, getting off of a lot of these platforms, especially Twitter, which is just so steeped in toxicity and hostility and just the, the, the endless cycle of negativity. Um is trying to sort of reframe my own thinking towards the future. And, you know, I default to dread more often than not and shame <laughs> and loathing and all those things. And so I try my best to reframe as often as I can to hope and to, and to you know, positivity. And so I wonder what is something out of all this that gives you hope for the future or, or kind of for, for your next steps? What am I hopeful for about in the future? I think for me personally, I think um, I'm going to make an active attempt to maybe like go sing at some open mic nights. Beautiful. Or, yeah. Um, I saw that they were doing auditions for a production of Rent that, I mean, I can't actually be in if I went, but I thought maybe I'd just go to the audition just to like, you know. Totally. Flex the old muscles, see if I still got it. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. I mean, I think that that's something, you know, I remember one time being... I think I was listening. I think it was like an acting podcast or something like that. And he was basically saying one way to reframe your mind while going into an audition is instead of seeing it as like this sort of like test or this like scary tense thing, 
treat it as like aren't you so lucky to get to act for a couple minutes today like you know like and isn't it isn't it like such a blessing that you get the opportunity to just like yeah maybe it's only for two minutes but you got to act today you know and like and like be kind of grateful for that you know um i love that to sort of take that pressure off yeah yeah i always really liked that one um, um are you are you been auditioning for things are you still working in the oh, hospital no no not even a little <laughs> bit no my god no no i uh I was sort of for a hot minute trying to do film stuff in Calgary and I got like a line on hell on wheels and I yeah, did, I did like a week. <laughs> I did like a week on the revenant. I was like French trapper, God knows what number, you know? Um, <laughs> and that was it. I, I mean, you know, the, the, the first thing that stalled me out was moving to Saskatoon where there's no film. And yeah. then coming to Vancouver, I just like, I just can't be bothered. I just like, I see my friends who are still in the acting scene and I just like, you know, I wish them well. And I love when they are successful. I just like, I could not do it. I, I have nothing but respect for their, their drive and their <laughs> self-loathing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I like, I see it too. And I'm like, I, I mean, I respect it so much and I, yeah, I would love to like start doing something again. I think now that I've sort of, mm got the baseline down <laughs> yes right exactly as i always sort of like caveat uh, is this idea of like what so much of the show has boiled down to for me has been this internal question of uh, have i been a good friend and and you know some days it's easier to trust that question uh over others but um but I, I you know i've realized to get to the bottom of answering that for myself i have to figure out what it even means to be a friend so for you what does it even mean to be a friend i think for me being a friend is mainly based on like showing up mm. like just being there for someone or i think knowing that that person is there for you is like the core of what friendship is for me because i'm really bad at asking for help when i need help sure sure and yeah. i think people who know me know that and then they really just like show up for me and just like do yeah. things for me that i have lost the sight or the ability to realize that i need done but I also, I do that very much for other people. So I think that's what friendship is based on. It's like, yeah, it's like I love that because I want, there. yeah, right? And I, it's funny, it's something that I feel like I'm craving is like, I really, I'm wishing I had more connections with people who, it's almost in a way I worry that it sounds kind of selfish in a way to be like, why can't you just like, no, <laughs> you know, but oh, it's like, yeah. cause that takes a lot of, that takes a lot of cultivation. You got to have a lot yeah. of intimacy and you got to have a long history with someone for them to be able to intuit your needs. Right. But, yes. but uh, I want to rush that process so badly, you know? <laughs> yeah. I just want you to know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and how do you think, you know, this is a little bit of like an, uh, last question uh a little actionable step for listeners How, what's one thing someone could do to be a better friend this week um i think just check in yeah like and i think you know we always uh i mean just i think just make yourself available to, you know to be there just you know if 
just little things like, like, hey, man, I'm around if you want to, you know, go for a walk or yeah, just drop a coffee off to someone that you think might need one. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I mean, it's funny. It's do, you, funny. do you know a person that runs a bar? Bring them a coffee. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, my God. Actually, I think I'm going to like I'm going to co-sign that of like, go be nice to someone who works in the service industry. <laughs> right. Because we're all about to launch into Christmas and we're all very tired. <laughs> oh god i'm so sorry i'm so sorry you are right about to have a hell of a time <laughs> and for some reason they decided to put the world cup on at the same time as christmas oh yeah just oh <laughs> brilliant brilliant so smart everyone's so smart about that <laughs> yeah um and i i don't care about football i don't no. I, i'm sorry soccer for Canadian listeners. um i <laughs> i don't care and there's four yeah. games on a day right now. Oof. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like... And I run like a cool, like cultivated cocktail bar that like we have to show the football because it's like mandatory life for people yeah. of the United Kingdom. Good Lord. And I'm I tried so to raise, raise like objections. I was like, no, they don't let gay people go and the, all the people that died building the stadiums and everyone was like, yeah. put the football on, please. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And that is why we are fucked. Um, isn't, you know, I, uh, I I only have one left, last thing left to do for I your know. profile. But just before we do, I just, you know, I really want to say, like, what a joy it's been to to speak to you again and catch up. And, you yeah, know, know. You're, you're someone who, you know, we didn't really get too much into it. But, like, post you, Vic, we would always have these great we would just run into each other at the most random times. I'd see you at a bar in Calgary or you would come into town for a night or whatever yeah. it would be. And it was always just these like joyful moments of just like, yeah, it was just always, it was just <laughs> always really magic to run into you. And I've really missed the opportunity to run into you because you know, you're, you're on the other side of the world, but, um, well, but I just ever, like, you know, if you're ever on a exactly night out in Edinburgh, I will, I will show you the time of your life. My friend. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And uh, you know, I mean, shit. If I can get my if I can get my shit in order, I I probably will be over there sooner than later. So so I will uh, I will keep you in the loop for that. But um, but I just yeah, I just I think the absolute world of you. I think you are absolutely incredible. And uh, and I yeah, I love you. I love you so much. And I have such a respect for the journey you're on. And I'm such <laughs> a, an awe for the courage it took. So just uh, yeah, just keep it up. You know. Thanks, man. I love you too. And. <laughs> With that, I got one last thing to do. Here we go. Hey. Aislinn Windsor. You, okay, I just want to say really quickly, you have too many friends on Facebook. I'm doing you a favor because you have too many friends. Well, I have many friends to have. You have a thousand. You have 1.1 thousand friends. That doesn't feel like enough. <laughs> That's just, that is, I, I'm going to, I, I don't mean for this to sound as rude as it's going to sound, but, <laughs> Those people aren't your friends. <laughs> I travel a lot, man. And then people That's add true. me on on Facebook so that they can find yeah. me again. So a lot of those people That's are people funny. that like I met on a night out sometime in like Berlin one time. And the next time I'm in Berlin, I might message them. But don't you judge me. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. Fine. Maybe they're your friends. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> outrageous anyway you've got one last friend so here we go aislin windsor we are no longer facebook friends oh, 
If you like this show and want to support it, buy me a coffee through the links in the show notes or visit www.friendlesspod.com to learn more. Fun and safety, sweeties.